Please remember, the information in our podcast could be a trigger for some people. And if you or someone you know has been affected by sexual abuse, the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre 24-hour helpline is 1-800-77-8888. Hello, I'm Joyce. I'm June. And I'm Paula. We're the Cabinet Sisters and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Counting In Podcasts where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual abuse and its impacts. In today's podcast, we will critically explore the response to the current pandemic as we consider the frustrating and ongoing battle to address the underlying pandemic of sexual abuse as it continues to wreak havoc on all our lives and ultimately creates far more victims than the coronavirus. In relation to the connection between the levels of fear, ordinary people, and then people who have trauma in the background and how this is actually an opportunity for everybody to learn a couple of lessons. Because now if you say to somebody, just imagine what it'd be like to be afraid to go outside the door or to have somebody completely controlling what you're doing day in, day out. What's that feel like? People now understand what that feels like. Before, if you were talking about abuse and the situations you were in, they couldn't get an image of what was it actually like for somebody to be that controlled by somebody else. This domestic abuse reports are increasing quite severely, so they can't ignore it It's because there's nothing else happening. I think it's really important that we recognise putting them in a pressure cooker situation. They already have issues dealing with emotions. You're filling them with all of the fear that you're filling everybody else with. And they only have one way of expressing an emotion, and that's to hit out. So why wouldn't there be an increase in people getting battered? If you have an issue with anger and you all of a sudden you're locked in the house, it's obvious you're going to hit out. Yeah, but what can we do about it, Paula? Well, I think this is an opportunity for education because the more people that understand what is it like to be in a trapped environment, the more people are likely to understand that people in that situation need help and support. I think men that sexually abuse also are domestic abusers because it feeds into the instilling fear into people and ensuring that they can control everything. We are kind of looking at the same thing, even though you can separate out domestic abuse and sexual abuse, there is a huge overlap. Would be great if we were able, with our experience, to say, well, if you're stuck in a house now with an abuser, this is what you should do. The truth of the matter is, this problem is so vast. All we can hope to do is keep driving home the enormity of the problem and how helpless we are unless we all get on board. Couldn't we do something like, you know, the way they've set up this thing, this code, that if you're in a pub, they set up this code that you go to the bar and you ask for it. Is Yeah, and they know that's a sign. Is it possible for us to do something similar here that if a woman... Or a child is in a situation. Yeah. You know, you might you might develop a code, and it's not a bad idea, but you have to be sure the resources are there to back it up. What's going to happen when you do use that code? I mean, everybody has to get on board with this. I do think people are a bit more receptive now. I think people, because they've no other distractions other than dying, I do think people are more receptive, and I do think they would be open if we put that out. 
because people for some reason or other really really want to help anybody who's trapped at home with a child being abused or a woman being battered the saddest thing and the truth of the matter is there's nothing you can do to help them there's fucking nowhere out there for them because nobody here has invested in those services the best we can hope for now is long term there's going to be a shift in how people see what's an issue for people and what's not now people will get it when you say what it's like to be living in fear when all these agencies are back up and people are back to what they call their normal lives when people say this woman is living in isolation this guy is controlling everything she's doing and he's beating her at the same time and we need to be able to help her the best we can hope for now is people will actually get that i think that's the most you can hope for here like unless we change the way we're viewing this whole thing for example right now there may, we don't know how many countless women and children are trapped in a situation with a physical sexual abuser but if we change their focus on helping the fucking abusers which nobody seems to want to do and for perfectly valid reasons we've got hope of changing something here because everything we're thinking of is a rescue remedy we're not talking about attacking the actual problem we're talking about saving these women and children and putting something in place to get them out and getting the resources and everybody needs to get on board and we're still avoiding dealing with the actual problem which is the men who are committing these crimes if anybody's yeah. going to take an action like that there's usually been a seed planted somewhere in the past that they've been entertaining and working up towards i don't believe that because of this pandemic people will all of a sudden start thinking oh jesus i'll molest a child you're talking about an entire life experience and we're all so unique and our lives are varied our experiences are varied and the help that you have to offer people has to be just as tailored as a human being's life can be. Another thing you might be able to, a good thing that might come out of this would be for past victims, for survivors like us who have an opportunity here to recognize and identify the ways we coped when we were being abused because they've been triggered by the fear we're experiencing right now. If you change your view now, to try to learn something about yourself and how you got through that awful situation and the kind of behaviors you did and how much you invested into making everything look all right on the surface when there's terror and fear going on underneath. This is all a learning experience and it will contribute into what Paula was talking about, helping people to understand the fear that children are living in with sexual abuse and how it's, how it's brought right through their life and impacts them and can impact them at a minute's notice given any kind of stress or traumatic situation they might find themselves in throughout their lives. Also, we've been trying to highlight the pandemic of childhood sexual abuse and sexual abuse in general. And that pandemic will do an awful lot more damage than this, than the coronavirus, and it has been doing. It's really important to stress that there's more than one pandemic going on here. The media is focusing on one stream and one stream alone. I, yeah, no, but also I think if you normalise it, it's almost like telling you, Paula, you know, I know you're fearful and I know this is what you're feeling. And that's normal in this situation. And these are the kind of things you could do to help you. Because at the moment there's no resources. But these kind of, this kind of thinking or this kind of action could actually help you 
to deal with this rather than to act on it. It's yeah. about naming it. It's about yeah. putting a name on it, identifying it and saying, if you're a man at home at the moment with your family and you're contemplating sexual abuse in your children or if you're physically violent with your family, here's a number you can ring. Like we're talking about giving an escape plan to the children and the women in these situations. Let's give one to the first that are doing all of this. Our father was very creative when it came to getting somebody on their own. He made it so everybody had a job to do. Now, in the present circumstances, if there's an abuser in a home and now all of the family are permanently there with him, he'll still be creative. He'll find a way to create a space to get to abuse whoever he wants to abuse. His attempts will be frustrated, all right. It won't be as easy as it has been. It won't keep that child safe. Like, look at what they can do when there's a will. The government could take this whole crime seriously and put the right supports in place. They can do it. Look what they could They're after knocking down the two-tier health system overnight. That couldn't have been done before. So when there's a will, they will definitely find a way. If they just take it seriously, they'll find the answers. We just have the actual experience, but we don't have all the answers. And nor do they. They need to put their heads together and come up with a plan. And it has to be multi-pronged. It has to be global. One of the things could be to name the resources that are there as essential and, and ensure they're funded. Because if they were funded, they didn't have to worry about the funded element of it. Like they could then be very creative in how they outreach. And they would be best placed to actually name what would work. So it's about being listened to. And also yeah. they would be in a position to help the men. Everybody in that predicament, but I think they would be best placed to do that. And if the government were to recognise this is one of the essential services that must remain available to everybody. We're going to ensure they have the funding to do that. And we want them in this current situation to be as creative as possible to ensure that there's some kind of outreach program. Recognise yeah. that as an essential service. It's a little bit more essential now than done stores. You know? That there is a huge fear out there and people just need to know they're not on their own and that it's normal. Everything, their, their total response is completely normal and felt worldwide. So they feel a little bit better with a bit more comforted with that information victims like ourselves will be triggered by the feelings and the emotions that go on around here but not necessarily would they recognize that you know they're thrown into past shit it's like the fear you feel now only multiply it by hundreds and if they don't understand that and that would be only one element of it we connected the fear of today with the fear of yesterday and that it's not just what's happening now that's making you feel this bad. It's nearly overwhelmed by fear. And yet you think, well, everyone's afraid, so it must be me. But the levels of fear, like because you spend so much time alone, would trigger lots of feelings. Where there's a will, there's a way. But the reality is, because they seen it as a necessity, it was an issue that was dealt with. Yeah. And we have to get them to look at, on abuse in the same light. Is the fact that the very few services we do have are now in crisis. All of their normal fundraising activity that goes on at this time of the year is all stopped. Yeah. So now they're even in a worse situation than they were before.
yeah yeah and they're all the services to help sexual abuse survivors yeah so so what little they're doing and domestic violence will soon be gone if they don't do something yeah, exactly so it is about the will and the way if they see in the resources as essential and they need to be essential they would have the money they'd have the resources they require the people as i said best place to do this could be very creative because now they don't have to worry about money all they have to do now is worry about how do they reach the people and i mean we visited those centers they could easily still be carrying out sessions and keeping maintaining a safe distance because of the way their rooms are laid yeah. out and they could, and they could do it on the phone. Now. It's just yeah. they would find ways of reaching people. I'd be concerned about domestic violence more so because, you know, I can see this as a, a fucking perfect time to start murdering women because the men are trapped as well. Normally they could hit them and go out for pints, but they've no but they way are. to Some go. Countries, some countries, they are killing them. There's been a high increase. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah, they so, are you know, that's, that's what I mean. So it is about Design essential, something like that. Now, that's interesting, though, guys. That point about before, if a man lost his rag and beat the girl, he'd walk out, and now he's nowhere to walk out to. So, yeah. now what does he, he do? There's no where I can't, yeah. So, now all he's to do is stay there looking at her, he wants to kill her, and what's stopping him because he hasn't got the ability to stop himself, obviously. He can't just be reactive. We have to be a bit proactive. And, uh, all of the focus in this current time is on rescuing. Still nobody focusing on addressing the people who are committing the crimes. And again, it's an inability to name it. It's an inability to say, like, men are raping their children, victimising their partners and their children and their families. Our father was physically abusive, but he didn't have to do it very often because once or twice is all it takes. And from then on, everybody steps in line or else they know what's going to happen. If you're cramped up in a situation like this and you're narcissistic, which most abusers are, they be only thinking about themselves. They have no empathy for anybody else. So they will either hurt people or get creative about giving themselves the room to do whatever it is he wants to do. The sad thing is it doesn't even have to be an empty house because... Everybody in the house plays by the rules, so he can go upstairs and be raping one child while other kids are sitting down watching the telly, and you know yourself, you just don't move from the telly. And again, we have to realise that a lot of these children that are currently being abused just wanted to stop. They don't necessarily want any harm to come to anybody, yeah. not even their abuser. They just wanted to stop, and they shouldn't be the ones removed. Like, the abuser is the one that should be removed. What needs to happen here for us is to be very clear about naming the underlying pandemic that exists, the pandemic of sexual abuse and violence. And the truth of the matter is that men all over the world brutalise, rape, sexually abuse, murder and exploit women and children for their personal gratification and in some cases financial gain. We do recognise that women can be just as devious, just as physically violent, just as psychologically damaging as any male abuser could be. Yeah. There would have to be some acknowledgement that throughout this pandemic, when people weren't even going to the doctors with their normal conditions because they didn't want to overstress 
the people who were on the front line and putting their lives on the line for the rest of us. There was nothing else happening globally except domestic violence cases increased. Like that says something to somebody that this is an area that needs looking at. You know, yeah. when the world really stood still, domestic violence was still going on. And it was practically the only thing that got past the news. Yeah. What this coronavirus has proven to us is that when there is a will, we can do whatever it takes to solve a problem globally. Unfortunately, it took the threat of losing our lives before it happened. But we now know that we can work together for a common goal. The underlying pandemic is running rampant throughout the world and wreaking havoc on all our lives. And one of the main barriers to addressing it is the repulsion we feel for the men who commit these crimes. That's valid. But we could still address the problem. Everything else we've tried isn't working. So one way or another, we have to come around to the realisation that there is no getting away with facing this problem head on and dealing with the people that commit the crimes that repulse us. We just have to deal with them because everything else is just mopping up the damage that's being done. It's possible to deal with anything. You just need that will. And in order to get the will, you need to identify the amount of people. Genuinely affected globally, that that could be the one that pushes to get the will behind us. I just think it's so sad that nobody in a position of power realises the necessity for this. What they don't realise is that there are so many people walking around like the living dead with the impacts of sexual abuse crimes. It's not yeah. like we're being overdramatic. It's not like we're making it up. Like we're actually nearly dumbing it down. The only thing is very little we can do other than continue to raise awareness. And the more people on board, the more chance we have of being heard. Basically, that's as positive as we can get. We have been handed an opportunity here especially now that the world is upended. It's an opportunity to just put that in on the to-do list. It's a great opportunity that we can tackle more than one thing at a time. And it's the perfect time to tackle it because there'll be so much awareness. There's so many people watching. When we spoke about an opportunity here for victims to identify the ways that they coped, it's more than just an exercise in, in identifying how you cope, depending on where you are on your journey. If you recognize the fear that you lived in back then, and you will realize it because it will be triggered right now. And as you're experiencing it, as an adult now, you'd have to have compassion or an empathy for yourself as a child. And if you haven't yet reached a point where you can have that for yourself, it would be a great breakthrough. Because if you realize the levels of fear that has been felt globally by grown adults in the face of this pandemic, you will appreciate the levels of fear that you somehow overcame and survived. And that's a magnificent achievement. Thank you for listening. Hopefully some of the information we've shared will resonate with you and bring you to a place where you can have compassion for yourself Please know that no matter how you feel or how you respond to the abuse, it was normal. We're hopeful and optimistic that those in a position of power to bring about change will be moved into action. 
so we can finally eradicate childhood sexual abuse. So please spread the word and share the information. The decision to heal from childhood sexual abuse places you on the most important journey of your life. You're in charge of this journey. Only you know what works for you and what doesn't. It takes as long as it takes because there's no rush in it and there's no fake in it. You have to feel it. And just as the ripple of pain that you're in goes out and impacts all of those around you, so does the healing. And the more you heal, the more everyone around you benefits from your healing. You've been listening to the Kavna Sisters podcast. You can contact us through Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email the Kavna Sisters at gmail.com. We'd like to leave you with a thought for the day. The levels of fear we're living with today can be paralyzing and make your world seem like a very small and scary place. But this external problem cannot be addressed externally. We must look inside ourselves for the tools and the inner strength that we need to get through this situation. And as a Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl said, when we're no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves.